Hello and welcome to Murder Analyzed. I'm Christina Moore. Now today's case is the Shannon Matthews case. It was uh, 2008 in Drewsbury in uh, West Yorkshire in England. Now Shannon was born on the 19th of February uh, 1998 and at the time when she was abducted she was nine years old. Uh, well, at the time she was reported missing by her mother, I should say. So this case, I'll tell it right from the outset, is not a murder case at all. But as I think we look through this case and we look into the mindset of these people, it could have easily have changed to that. The search for this girl was one of the biggest cases, I think, since Madeleine McCann's disappearance. The police put every resource into looking for this child. Her community put every resource they had into searching for this girl. There was, I suppose, outcries, I think, from um, newspapers, actually from across the world. This is how much this case reached across the world about the differences between how Madeleine McCann was portrayed in the press and how um, Shannon was portrayed in the press. So there's a lot going on in this case, even though it isn't a murder case. But I think <laughs> the worst thing about this case, the most disturbing thing about this case, is that Shannon Matthews was abducted and drugged. She was kept in the base of a bed for 24 days. And the perpetrators of this crime were her mother, her uncle, and the mother's boyfriend. Really, the whole aim of this was 50,000 pounds to take money, to gain money of a reward and stuff that had been set up by the Sun newspaper and other businesses in the area. I, I, it's shocking really this case when you look at the mentality of these people. I think what, what we have to take out of this case is the only one that didn't know about this plan was Shannon herself. This nine-year-old child that had been abducted in her mind for real. The traumatic experience that that would have given this child and we often talk about in our cases, childhood and how things, you know, <laughs> in childhood can change your personalities forever. And I'll tell you now, this girl is still having treatment, psychological treatment to help her assist with this overwhelming, I mean, she had nightmares and that for years over this. So to help her get through life. So in this case, I am going to talk about benefits because Shannon Matthews' mother, the boyfriend, the uncle, some of the family as we look down the line of what's going to happen later, were on benefits. Now, I'm not saying that they had their children because of benefit money, but it's well known and well <laughs> really talked about in the people that knew Shannon 
parents or parent that she had children just for the benefit money. But even that wasn't enough, was it? When she then went on to try and extort money out of people for this fund, you know, for this return of her child. So the whole plan was that Shannon would be abducted. This was the plan of these three. And then there would be a reward put up, which there was a re reward put up of £50,000. And they would then leave Shannon in a car park somewhere and the uncle would then say he's found her and claim the £50,000 uh, £50, reward. Um, you know, I, I don't think any of these people had enough intelligence to think what could have gone wrong, especially when you're drugging a child and keeping a child under a bed because in this child's mind, she was abducted and didn't really know from one day to another what was gonna to happen to her. So for 20 odd days, this girl had such a traumatic experience. It's, it must have been terrible for her. But these people, I don't really even think, thought that it was going to get as big as it did. Because don't forget, we'd had the Madeleine McCann disappearance. So the West Yorkshire police put as much effort into this missing person to try and find this child. And as, I, as with Madeleine McCann, there was some controversy and we'll talk about that after about, I mean, don't forget this went all over the world. Now this, because now it looks like we've got another child that's gone missing just like Madeleine McCann. So it's, it's now gone. I don't think these people thought it would go as far as it did. But you know, even they even tried to take money out of the Madeleine uh, McCann fund. So they were willing to do anything, these people. There was controversy with the press because the press was saying that Shannon Matthews' disappearance wasn't as highlighted in the same light as um, Madeleine McCann. So there's lots of issues going on here across the world. I mean, even Brisbane papers were writing about it, that it was across the world, this case. But it was all lies. Not from Shannon's point of view, but the mother, the uncle, and the boyfriend's point of view. So really, this is the case of Shannon Matthews. 2008, West Yorkshire, UK. So this kidnapping was planned by Karen Matthews, the mother, and um, Donovan um, to generate this money. You know, they, they wanted the publicity and they thought this is a good idea to make, you know, money. Let's kidnap our own child. Let's hide her and let's claim all the money and then we can live happily ever after. No one's gonna know any different. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Now, um, what these people must have been thinking. But it was, um, it was how she disappeared and that. I think the police knew something from the beginning, but it took them a while to find it because Karen's story, Karen Matthews' story, changed quite a lot 
over these 20 days. Now, plus though, you had the whole of her community and what a great community actually she lived in because they were searching for this child. Leaflets, pressure on the government, pressure on the press to get this girl out there because they didn't want her to just be another forgotten child that's disappeared and is never going to be found. This whole community came together behind Karen Matthews to fight to find this girl. And the police and everyone in this area done everything they possibly could. There was websites put up, there was everything put up. These websites have since been taken down, by the way, since she was found. But there was, you know, they did, they did everything. Actually, the West Yorkshire Police, it is said that the same, because um, this is where um, Peter Sutcliffe um, murdered, you know, the Yorkshire Ripper murdered. And this police investigation was as large or becoming as large as that. So, you know, in the end, these people were going to be caught. So this is the sort of investigation and the facts of the case as, as Karen Matthews and others would like you to have known it. And this is what actually went out at the time to press and everybody else um, about the missing um, about missing Shannon, nine-year-old girl. So Shannon was last seen at um, 15.10, so 3.10 p.m. on the 19th of February 2008. She was outside her school uh, in Westmore, uh, Westmore Junior School in um, Dewsbury, Moor. And after um, a visit to the Dewsbury uh, Sports Centre, like the swimming pool, um, which was about half a mile, I think, away from her home, at, eight, at um, 6.48 or 18.48, Karen Matthews rings the police and reports her daughter missing and said that she had not returned home from school. So that was the first part of this investigation. Um, and I think the phone call and everything is up there. But there, there is a, there's a lot to this case when you think of the mentality of this woman. Don't forget, I'm talking about the mother of Shannon Matthews, a nine-year-old child. So now we have this massive investigation now going on. So we have the West Yorkshire Police questioning about 1,500 motorists um, around this area, seeing if they've seen anything or, or, or anything. They've also searched around 3,000 houses in search for this girl. So by the 5th of March, there was more than 250 officers working on this case at some point or another. 60 detectives were involved in this investigation. 60. Uh, that's about 10%, I think, of the Yorkshire, uh, West Yorkshire um, police. Now, again, since the Yorkshire Ripper, that was, what, 30 years earlier, this has been the biggest police investigation or building up to that that we've ever seen. Now in 2008, don't forget, we had a recession in this country. There wasn't a lot of money. And what is happening when you falsify a, a kidnapping or anything else for self-gain or monetary gain, as these did? You've got 250 officers, 60 detectives, 
that were working on this case. I mean, they had to find this girl. Without a doubt, they thought at that time that she was really missing. And, and to Shannon um, Matthews, she had been abducted. But to the mother and all these, she hadn't. So you've got now hours and hours of police time wasted. Because in this country, we have a lot of children going missing or abducted. A lot of things going on where these police officers could have been put to a lot better use. And I think these people didn't consider anybody else, especially their child, when they set up this scam to take money on false pretenses, really. And it, it, it really, when you think about it, the, the, the amount of um, effort and expertise that were put, put into this, um, it just shows you, you know, really how, how bad this case was. But I think what it also shows you is when we're talking about perpetrators like this that are not killers. They're not in that mindset, luckily. Because when you start putting pressure on people, on predators, like which they are, and offenders and criminals like this, who are not usually murderers, but they're being backed into a corner because they, this case has just blown, has been blown to them, in their mind, out of proportion to what they expected it to be. In their simple minds, they expected that a child to go missing wouldn't have any coverage at all, wouldn't have much police involvement at all. I mean, they were seriously, seriously wrong. I think you have to think when we, we have seen cases like this before where people have tried to abduct or kidnap a child for ransom money or for whatever else and they're put under so much pressure that it's, that it's, it's um, in the end they do kill them kids because sometimes they don't know what else to do. This now was being, I think for them, and I think this is why when you see Karen Matthews and some of these document documentaries throughout this time, yes, I've seen parents that have lost a child and again have struggled to even you know maintain a, a conversation because their mind's going so much so she was betraying them sort of things but I think she was betraying them sort of things now when you look back on her because she couldn't believe what's happened she couldn't believe what was going on in this case now how are they going to get out of it and I think this is the issue, which I think we're lucky that the police found her in 24 days because you don't know the outcome of this case if she hadn't have been found. Because the mentality of these people, they only had these children to have benefit money. These children's lives were well known to be um, shocking, really. They was already under social services and stuff and people always spoke about you know these kids may have been throwing a bag of crisps or something to eat you know the care wasn't there so i think i think this case it, it, it i'm i'm glad it ended like this but i think it could have ended a lot different 
if the time had gone on and more pressure had been put on these perpetrators of this crime. And I mean pressure by press and the amount, the enormity now of what they've done is now showing. And it was taking a toll on them. Because now how, with all this police and the community out in force, how now could you get rid of this girl without being caught? And that is a question I think you need to think about yourself. When these people were discussing what to do next, was murder part of that? And I think somewhere in someone, one of these minds, it probably crossed their mind to get out of this situation that they'd put themselves in. But luckily, that didn't happen. So as I said, you had a lot of newspapers involved in this. You had a lot of press, you had a lot of reporters, you know, that really believed, as with the rest of the UK, believed that this girl had been kidnapped or abducted. And so I think the Sun newspaper offered a £20,000 reward um, leading to Shannon's safe return. Um, they increased it then to 50000 on the 10th of March. By this time, it had, she had been missing for 20 days. A businessman in Huddersfield, he also added, I think, £5,000 to the pot. The West Yorkshire Police did create websites and different things, and everything they could possibly do. On the 7th of March, um, photographs on, of Shannon were on this website and it was on every social media site about Shannon. They really did a lot. Um, they also released a recording of the 999 call made by Karen reporting her child's disappearance. So, you know, there was nothing in this case that wasn't done, but now the press were really on it. And when the press are really on it, really, a lot of the times it's the press that find out what's really going on. So I've said before with this, there was comparisons made between the disappearance of Madeleine McCann, uh, you know, three years, um, who was three year old at the time of her disappearance, and Shannon Matthews. Um, I think you had, you know, it was a Guardian blog and there was different bloggers saying different things. And I, I think at the time they thought because of the publicity that the McCanns had got because they were these middle class doctors and, you know, they had to support the conservative governments and, and all this, you know, that the same attention wasn't given then to Shannon Matthews. Um, I think, my, I, I think, I don't know if I agree with that to tell you the truth, because I think the West Yorkshire Police did a lot. They may have done it differently, but then we're talking about a disappearance in a different country and we're talking about a disappearance in the UK so our investigation was run by the UK police it wasn't run by outside police so I can understand from some points of view where these comparisons were made you know because how the McCanns were portrayed in 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 the case of, dis of that disappearance was um, shockingly good when you think about it, really, when you think about when Madeleine McCann disappeared, her parents left these children alone in a hotel room and went and had dinner. Even though there was a, um, a babysitting service on the um, 
site where they were and they chose not to use that. And I think the comparisons were trying to be made with the McCanns and um, um, Shannon Matthews' family is that if Shannon Matthews' family had gone on holiday and left their kids and one of their kids would be abducted, they would have been really <laughs> slated in this press for doing so because really it's neglect isn't it when you really come down to it and so I think this is a comparison in the press that was trying to make there was two rules going on here so this did create quite a con you know bit of controversy all over the world actually and as I said the Brisbane Times said that Karen Matthews uh, and Kate McCann represented two different sides of the social class I, and you know I suppose you could say that they was two different sides of the social class but at the time what you have to think about was that most people believed there was only three people that knew the truth in this case at that point so in some ways I agree you know with the press in that in that way of how the families were portrayed I mean, from different classes and one was on a benefit and the other one was you know, both practicing doctors and stuff. So I could understand it from that. But I don't agree with that the police, West Yorkshire Police, didn't really do everything they could to find this child. And I think at that point, as we all knew, no one really knew that she was, you know, not really gone, not really harmed. And I'm, I'm not going to even say harmed because she was harmed. She was psychologically harmed by this. And... Um, and as I say, the only three people that knew the real truth were these perpetrators. And, you know, what, what can you say, though, then, when you have this controversy going on and where they're comparing you to Kate McCann and Karen, um, <laughs> you know, Matthews, what can you say when one's been proven to have set this thing up for the, for the benefit, for the monetary benefit only. So I'm not saying that everybody who's on the dole, and I, I, I hate to say things about people that's on a benefit or anything because most people are on a benefit need to be on a benefit. Most people with children have their children because they love them. So I don't want anyone to think because I'm slating this woman for being on a benefit and using all her money which certainly didn't go towards them children um you know <laughs> there's no disrespect here meant to anybody but these are the facts it's well known that she, uh, um karen matthews had children by five different men and continued to have children seven of them for benefit money her family have said that her friends have said that people in her community have said that it's not me saying that it's what people are saying. And I think this is, after this case then, it was found out that um, they had done this. And I think the police knew something was wrong. Because of Karen's story continued to change, um, her uncle's story continued to change, the boyfriend's story continued to change. And I think what sparked it off really was the boyfriend. So this, 
boyfriend, Craig. He was um, defended, actually, by Shannon's real father, uh, Leon Rose. And uh, I think um, Karen and Craig then went on to Radio 4, like the Today programme, and on about the 12th of March, uh, and were questioned about the suggestions um, by the parents um, of Craig. So Craig's parents had been quite violent towards Shannon at some points throughout her life, or her life with him as a stepdad at 22. So there were questions coming. So the West Yorkshire police found Shannon alive at 12.30pm on the 14th of March 2008, 24 days after she went missing. She was concealed in the base of a divan bed in a flat in Lydgate Gardens, uh, Batley car. Now Michael Donovan, the 39 year old tenant and the uncle was arrested at the scene. Shannon was placed um, under police protection straight away um, and put then into, taken into care straight away for her own protection um, by social services department. So the police exercised its powers under, I think, Section 46 of the Children's Act 1989 to be able to do that because there was no way that this child could be allowed um, to go back to the parents or to remain subject of the police. They could only, I think, keep her subject to police protection about 72 hours. So the social services then had to step in and then she would, and plus because she needed assistance, and usually when a child's abducted and found, they are given straight to the parents because it's the parents that they crave. Now, you've got to think with Sharon, Shannon Matthews, is that she didn't know her mother was involved. So this child has now been found. And who do you think the child wants to see? They want to see the mother. She's never been able to see her mother because the mother is the perpetrator. So how disturbing is it for this child? You know, what damage has this woman done to this child? One, by having her kidnapped and abducted, but then two, by the child finding out that the mother's done that and she can't see this woman again let alone what was going on in this household leading up to this abduction. It's, it, you know, when you think from a child's mind and we put ourselves, you know, we put ourselves in that child's thought process at the time, she must have been so confused. And I think this is why where she's had to go under a lot of counselling and stuff throughout the years to try and make some sense of this. About the 15th of March, um, Police, they had to um, talk to Shannon. They had to try and get some information out of her. I think she didn't, you know, so we had these trained officers actually that were, were, were trained to question and to establish, you know, what had happened. 
Um, the question lasted several weeks because I think they're only in 10 minute blocks when they was talking to her and slowly sort of things come out. And um, and they have said, you know, that even then it was when she first started her counselling and, and uh, she was put into foster care. And so let's now talk about Donovan and, um, you know, this, the, the aftermath, I suppose, after this investigation come out. Donovan was charged with false imprisonment, kidnapping uh, and committed acts intended to pervert the course of justice and he was charged with that on the uh, 17th of March 2008. So Michael Donovan then was, he appeared before the uh, Dewsbury Magistrates, Magistrate Court on the 18th of March. He was remanded in custody at that time as well, he wasn't allowed bail, well thank God because usually they get out on bail. I don't think, though, no, he could be out on bail because I think for his own protection as well. You forget they come from this very supportive community that couldn't believe what's happened here. Um, so the 26th of March, uh, the provisional trial date was fixed for the 11th of November uh, and he made his first suicide attempt on the 6th of April. Because as I said now, the pressure is now growing. Now what's come and hit you in the face really is the full impact of what you've done of what you've got to live with so this is what I'm trying to say is when we put people under so much pressure and this case and and this investigation was putting these perpetrators under tremendous pressure because they're still under this bed is a nine-year-old girl now what are you going to do with it? So lucky she was caught, and this is why lucky she was caught, because this man was willing to kill himself at this point for being caught. What would he have done with this child after months and months and months if the police hadn't done their job and found this child within 24 days? When you're trying to get into the mind of a perpetrator, it's difficult to know, but you can only assume what's going on. So because all these are under position, um, you, know, sus, you know, suspects, they always are going to be suspects, no matter whether they're innocent or guilty, they have to be suspects. I think, as they raided the house and they searched in the house, because they always do for, for evidence, they took Karen Matthews' boyfriend's Craig's, the 22-year-old, computer in for analysis. Now on that computer, they found... Um, 11 offences, I think, of indecent images. 11 parts of evidence, should I say, um, of indecent images of children on his computer. The man, the 22-year-old man that was living with Shannon for a good few years had these images of children and I think they were graded um, levels one, two, three, and four. So, you know, mild to severe. And they were found on his computer and that was seized at the, at the house. And I think on the 3rd of um, April, he was charged with 11 offences um, for possessing indecent images of children. So, you know, I'm not saying Shannon was um, abused in any way by this man. But when you find images of children 
and you have seven children in a home of various ages, all young, you have to suspect that something else was going on there. Plus, we knew that all these people did and that all this man did, actually, this Craig, was sit on this computer. That's all he did. Because no one's working here. So all this money was being spent on other things because it certainly wasn't being spent on these children. Very rarely did they have a good meal. As I said before, they were throwing a bag of crisps. The house was in a terrible state. The children had nothing. Nothing. So I think that's Craig now out the way. And I think, actually, he got... It was relating to about 49 images, I think, in total that he had. So I think on the 18th of April, Craig pleaded not guilty, actually. And he was tried on the 16th um, of September 2008 for these uh, images, these 49 images. On the same day, he was sentenced to 20 weeks, 20 weeks imprisonment, but was released <laughs> as he had spent longer on remand than what he actually got in his sentence. So he was out. So that's Craig. Out. Moved on. A person that had at least 49 images of children, levels 1, 2, 3 and 4 on his computer, living in a house with seven children, gets 20 weeks. So now, as I said before, you had his sister and mother, family members, I think it was them too, that were arrested on suspicion also of um, offences on the 14th of April 2008. Um, so Craig's mother, I think, Alice uh, Meehan, she and her sister, um, and his sister, and the sister of Michael, sorry, Donovan, were arrested on suspicion of also attempting to um, prevent, uh, to pervert the course of justice. So there was a lot of people brought in on, in this. So most of these other people, yes, when you're looking at, um, you know, a conspiracy to, to do something like this, where you think there's a lot of people involved, these in the end were released without charge. I think though about a year later, um, the sister, I think Hallett, she was charged unrelated to this case um, for um, benefit fraud. So there was a lot going on in this case, really. And, you know, we, I try, I hate to say things about people on benefits, but you know, they're getting every benefit they can and they're, they're, they're living the life, you know, I suppose more than someone that was working at that point. I mean, benefits have changed since then. Believe it, they've changed a lot since then. But at that time, so you had this hostility towards people that were claiming a benefit. And what this done was justified what people were thinking. You know, how could you defend now this when all you were seeing in the news was, you know, the Philpot case where he had 27 children and he'd, you know, killed six of his kids and, you know, he only had all these kids for benefit money. And then you have, you know, Karen Matthews that was had seven children, uh, didn't give them any of the money, didn't really want these kids, you know, enough and was willing to abduct her child, kidnap her child, place her child at harm, you know, drug her child, you know, keep her child 
under a bed in the uncle's house for 24 days. I mean, how can you justify when you're trying to justify about why people should be on benefits and why people should have a lot of kids? I mean, you know, and the thing is, is what these cases do is that it affects the people that really want these benefits because since these cases, our benefit system has become so bad that most people that's on it can't afford to even live on it. It's so different than what it was then. You know, people are struggling in this country and these sort of cases haven't helped the fight to when people are getting benefits which are a lot less than what their standard of living is. And it's shocking really. And also because now we have a lot of these benefit changes and where it's come to people that were working would also get extra benefits of help them, that stopped. So in this country, because of these cases, it's created, um, really, I don't know, it's created something that's not going to change in this country for years. It's going to be years before we can get over the impact, you know, when you think about socially and, and, and social funding and, and government funding for people that actually need it. These cases have destroyed that. They've destroyed any hope of fighting to allow people to live a better life on a benefit money. It's this sort of case that's stopped that happening. So this case has far reach than what it first seems. So let's wind this up and talk about Karen Matthews, the Karen Matthews and Don Donovan. Um, they were in court, I think November 2008 was their trial. Um, the jury was told that um, Shannon was uh, drugged and restrained and strapped, tied, we've talked about strapped, tied before, to the roof beam um, after her mother hitched this plan to make £50,000 by faking a kidnap. And, and really that's the truth of this case. It was just monetary gain. Just monetary gain. And I'm, and you know, because, and when I read you out the sentence in a minute of what you, you know, you're not going to believe it. But the thing is, is when you haven't killed anyone, um, kidnap, I think, should have held more sentence than they got. But, you know, who am I? They're not listening to me anymore. So listen, <laughs> sentencing in this country, and I say it all the time, is um, shocking, really. But both Karen Matthews, um, I think they both got eight years in prison for this. And as normal in this country, you know, because we have tariffs and with good behaviour and everything else, they were out in four. I know you're probably screaming at this at the moment, but they were. And I think the only thing I can say about that, you know, is that when we talk about these sort of sentences, because they didn't murder, they didn't do anything else, they, and they destroyed this kid's life. I think what we can take from this is that she had seven children that she didn't care about, she didn't really want, she just wanted to benefit money. Their lives were, you know, bad, living in this home. And so I hope that when they were removed, they were actually put into homes that gave these kids a life, gave these kids a chance. Because I tell you now, with these people around you, you wouldn't have a chance 
in life. So I really hope that if nothing else has come out of this, that the removal of these children from these disgraceful, despicable people can only get better. And I wish that Shannon um, Matthews the best in her life. And I, I think she will do well. She's had a lot of counselling and um, I think her life is a lot better. So I suppose the last thing we should say about Karen Matthews is that she was given a new name um, to use in public because I don't think authorities, you know, I don't think they considered her mentally, mentally capable, really. Oh, oh, again, you know, we talk about the child and now we're talking about the mother. I think with Karen Matthews, it was clear, I think, when you look at her that she wasn't all there, you know, the, the mental capacity, you know, to think, I think when you think that they planned this and they thought this plan would work, it shows that they're incapable of, of, of normal thinking, um, like me or you. So I think, yes, she's got a new name, but whether she uses it, they don't really know if she will continually use it. Because, and the thing is, you can't protect someone. And she would need protecting, these people. They would need protecting in this country for what they've done. I mean, the country was in uproar at this, believe it. Um, but I think with Karen Matthews, her whole um, life is now different. She hasn't got any children. We're not lying now, which she can't have any more, surely. Um, and if she did, I think their, their social services would remove them straight away anyway. But I think they have to live with what they've done. Now, whether they are decent enough to even think what they've done was wrong, um, I don't know. But our justice system really isn't set up for these sort of cases. When you think really, when we give someone eight years and we let them out after four, you know, what are we telling people? All right, so they didn't murder her, but they could have. You know, the damage that they've done to this child should have been taken into more consideration, but the law is the law. And I think the judges would have liked to have thrown the book at these people, but they can't. We have a system in this country, and it's a system we have to stick, stick to. I think the reaction from the media, you know, the outrage, really, on this case is enough for these people to not want to be seen again, to want to keep out of the media, to want to keep away from anyone that can really, you know, tell people where they are. Because really we're not interested, are we, in where they are. I think the only thing we should be interested in this case is that one, it was solved very quickly by the West Yorkshire Police. I think it shows that her community that she came from really cared really done everything they could to assist in the recovery of this child and I think then is that the public reaction was of absolutely disgraced feeling towards these people that they're disgraceful people would stop them ever doing anything like this again so this has been the Shannon Matthews case the fake fake case 
and as the judge put it, lie after lie after lie in this case from the mother, the mother's boyfriend, paedophile, because anyone that downloads pornographic photos and decent images of children, in my eyes, is a paedophile. So he is. And then the uncle that I think probably feels so bad because he said he was asked by Karen and it was set up by Karen for him to hold this child. And then again on the 6th of April tried to kill himself. So I think there is remorse there from him. But this is the case of Shannon Matthews. Again, fake case. So I hope you found this case interesting. As I say, it's not murder, but I think it's a very interesting case and it's one that needs to be told because it may stop someone else when they're having these stupid ideas that they can kidnap their own child for the, for the monetary value, for greed, really, for greed. This case may stop someone and to think, this may not work out well for them. And I think of anything else that this case does, anything else to it, there's stupid people out there that think this is the right thing to do, to make money. It's not. So thank you for watching this case. You know what to do, thumbs up. If you've liked it, you know, hit that thumbs up button. You can subscribe with us when Lacey puts up on the logo up there for you to subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram and on um, Facebook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for your comments. As I said, I'm putting one a day up at the moment because, well, why not? And so, until the next time, bye-bye.